0: You and I did a short pilot. <clears throat> you played my father. Yeah, and you yeah. yelled at me in the driveway. Yeah, and then uh, and then you were unavailable to do the series. I was. Yeah, unbelievable. You were doing uh, you were doing theater. Yeah, you had a theater run of something. It was not the FDR thing. It was something Grace, else. Grace, Grace in New York. Yes. How did that go? Oh, it was very well, except a fucking hurricane hit. And the, then that was it. No, it kicked the shit out of business for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But we were on a limited run anyway. Do you love doing theater more than anything else? No, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of work, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of work, and, and there
1: are a lot of conditions that uh, uh, I seem to solve filmic
0: conditions more easily than I do theatrical problems. Well, you've been doing the FDR thing for a long time, right? Four years. Four years. I'm uh, I'm about to launch into a new one-man show though that we tried
1: out at the Falcon Theater last Friday went very well. What was that one? Well, Ed Weinberger, yeah, uh, um, uh, producer writer of well, one of them of uh, the Mary Tyler Moore Show, wrote this um,
0: semi-autobiographical one-man show uh-huh. called "A Man and His Prostate," <laughs> about himself. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's a comedy. It's light, but it's also very instructive. About your prostate. Mm-hmm. So, this is uh, a we, we learn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to get that thing checked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, you're you going to find out the
1: best way to keep yourself stroked.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Stroked. Mm -hmm. In general? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm stoked. Uh huh. So, when you do FDR, was was that a personal fascination? Yeah. Was he your guy? He was my guy. Has there been any other? I don't. I, I'm I'm younger than you, so I have very little recollection. I have I have very uh, vague memories of Nixon, and then and then I sort of remember things, and then I remember getting angry. Then that was <laughs> right. Yeah. And you've been angry ever since. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I try to. I, I try not to get too uh to to attached to that. I'm angry anyways. No. Yeah. With or without politics. Well, I, I I sulk. You do. Yeah. I do a lot of sulking. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. No yelling. No. Well, who's going who's gonna to listen? Did you used to yell more? No. I Well, I, I talk loudly now. I'm naturally a little hard of hearing. Right. Last night, we were at a uh, benefit at the um, Club Nokia. Yeah. And um, my son and I, Matthew, he's executive, our, our creative director for Autism Speaks. And we were both being honored mm-hmm. by um, Autism Works Now. Mm-hmm. And Temple Grandin was there, mm. and uh, she was the the big guest. And uh, they, she was lined up with a bunch of people on the red carpet. And I decided to really play it up like a clown. I went and stood right in front of her, mm-hmm. pressing her with my bulk, uh-huh. and um, blocking her from view of anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I then spoke loudly. Mm-hmm. And being autistic, she winced visibly in pain. Mm-hmm. And I realized what a schmuck I was for doing two things, my presence <laughs> overwhelming her and my voice wincing her. And I thought, being the father of, a, of an autistic son and grandfather of an autistic grandson, I, I committed two of the most cardinal, cardinal sins you could with an autistic person, getting too close, overwhelming
0: them with your bulk, and talking too loudly. See, because, but your first impulse was to be funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then you learned your lesson right after. Yeah, I, I, I played the schmuck last night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I, I don't feel like that was the first time. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, 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 oh. Am I wrong? I mean, sometimes comedy... No, when I worked with you on your pilot, that's well, that was his- the, There my, you go. That was the I got day. it back. Yeah. He's, he turned it around. No, but I mean, as a funny person, sometimes, I mean, sometimes you, you don't realize it when you go through the first impulse. Yeah. And then it's just sort of like, oh, shit. But, you know,
1: when you're known as a clown in yeah. certain aspects, people tend to forgive you. Um, much more than if you weren't regarded as a clown.
0: Right? Did Temple Grandin forgive you? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> no. After the I win- don't know, she could be harboring <laughs> the greatest resentment in the world to me today. <laughs> after the wince, did she laugh? At least
1: did she? Nah, no, no, oh. she, she doesn't laugh easily.
0: A, uh, yeah, yeah, she's oh. fairly serious, I guess. So, like, well, how far back do your memories go? You remember FDR? Well, yeah, I remember. I idolized him when you were a kid. Yeah, he died when I was a sophomore in high school. But like in my my uh, your generation, my my sense of it is is that th- this guy was a guy that really wanted to to help people. Yeah, I think so. And that doesn't. And, and
1: I think he learned along the way. I I don't know that he launched into uh, national prominence. He saw the problems affecting the nation, and everyone else saw the problems. But uh, certainly, he didn't think that they could. Employed the methods he did, yeah. which was
0: socialistic, yeah. uh, which the American
1: people don't understand. They don't even know how to spell it.
0: Right. Well, they know the word bothers them yeah. for reasons yeah. that are that are not clear to them. They get it
1: confused with communism.
0: Yes, you know? they, they really do. So, where were you at that time? Did you grow up in a in a socialist background? As no, a, no, as a my, Jewish guy, my father was a junkman. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where? Mm-hmm. Kansas City, Kansas. How'd you end up in Kansas City, Kansas? I mean, Why I'm you a Jew. Ask him? I, he, he probably told you I'm a Jew. I grew up in New Mexico. People were like, "When did that happen? How did yeah. you get there?" Well, there, there were ancient Jews there with the conquistadores. Sure. Oh, with the uh, oh, from the Inquisition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the the conversos. Yeah. That yeah. they didn't realize they were Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hell of a story. They got they got they got uh Morgan Davids on their tombstones. right right yeah they might be candles on Friday night right but yeah. they didn't they didn't know they were Jewish they thought they were no, some yeah. weird part of the Catholic Church yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful story it is. it is but how did you you don't know how your dad ended up there was he first generation obviously Well, huh? no I, th- I think he ended up there like anybody ended up there
1: yeah uh he worked a year in the sweatshops in Boston mm-hmm. and after now, he came after he immigrated yeah And um, my mother was starting to get ripe, Uh and um, my dad came courting, and um, he wooed and won her.
0: Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. And how many kids in the family? Five. That's five of you? Mm Mm-hmm. How many are around? I got a brother alive. Uh Uh-huh. He's six years older. Oh, wow. How old are you today? 85. Pretty good. Oh, yeah. Watch me leap this table. Yeah. yeah. Ah! Oh, my God, you made it. I'm sorry I broke your floor. That's okay. It was worth it. So when did you, uh, how how religious was the household? Very Orthodox. You so you wore a yarmulke?
1: Uh, well, I call it, no, hell no. I, I call it Midwestern Orthodox.
0: Yeah. Because my dad didn't walk
1: to shul. Right. He, he drove. Right. But he didn't smoke on Shabbos. And um, we had a kosher house. You did? Oh, yeah. Two pans, two plates, two sinks? Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. that? Not two sinks. No, no, we didn't have two sinks.
0: But separate plates. Separate plates. Seemed like a big hassle after a certain point to keep a kosher home.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, how nice to have all the rigidity so that you got something to break away from.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way to look at mm-hmm. it. And did, what were you doing when you were uh, a kid? Did you do jobs before you? I delivered for a, uh, I got my Schwinn bike. Yeah.
1: My first job was delivering for a drugstore. Yeah. That was up a long goddamn hill. And um, <clears throat> uh, a Schwinn was not a fleet bike. Sure. So I was given an order to uh, deliver a, a whole bag full of, like a newspaper bag yeah of beer yeah uh, this drugstore store sold beer uh-huh so i peddled down the hill to this house and um i happened to me- and they gave me uh, a bunch of empties to bring back yeah which i had to pump up the
0: hill not anticipating
1: no <laughs> and i said my it, it you know i thought it's strange that uh, there were Closer drugstores. How come you, you you didn't deal with them? Yeah. When I got back after puffing up that hill—a long hill—three assistant managers were waiting for me in their white coats. I said, "What the hell did you say to that person?" I said, well, "I just, just said uh, there are closer drugstores. Why? Well, Don't ever do that again." I don't know how much longer I lasted at that drugstore, but it wasn't long. <laughs> Being be honest,
0: yeah. they screwed their business up. Make me sweat my ass off going up that hill. And when did you decide to uh, to be uh, an actor? Uh, after I tried out for and got the lead,
1: ended up with the lead, in T.S. Eliot's Murder in a Cathedral in a summer production of the University of Chicago.
0: So, you went to the University of Chicago. Mm-hmm. What were you studying in?
1: Revolution.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were ready to start. You were ready to lead.
1: No, I came in there. I had a vague idea of
0: political science.
1: I knew they were good for political science.
0: I, uh, archaeology, political science. But weren't they on the... Wasn't there political science the department uh, uh, later? Not, not the good guys? They were not the good guys. They're
1: <laughs> not the good guys. Who,
0: who who was it? George Schultz was there. Well, um, was uh right, who was he? Scalia came out of there too, I think. Right and well, Milton Friedman maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh who was the other the 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 architect of the the badness? Strauss. Oh, oh yeah. I stu- I studied Leo Strauss? Was yeah, that- yeah. Right. I, I took Social
1: Science 3. With him. Which was mostly economics. Mm-hmm. I didn't pay attention one goddamn day. That's probably good. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I auditioned for the play and got the lead. So I really didn't matter to me.
0: Uh, uh-huh. And that was the first time he'd ever acted?
1: Well, other than, you know, synagogue plays and little plays in school. Did yeah. you do
0: Jewish theater? Uh, did you do Hebrew plays? A, well, yeah, I was, you know, Haman, I, yeah. <laughs> I was Mordecai, I was all those. So ones. you were always a ham. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this was the first big production and, mm. and, and 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 you were working, what was it? I guess it wasn't the, the theater school, but it was the theater, the troupe, right? They did, yeah. They
1: they were all extracurricular. They, right, right. They didn't
0: have a theater department. And that was what planted the seed where
1: you were like, this is it? Well, I had done radio in high school and loved it. But guys, thought, you know it was Kansas City bourgeois. You, yeah, you don't make a living in radio. How do you make a living in radio?
0: Right. Well, that well, I'm certainly, you know, the parents, were probably like, "What do you What are you thinking?"
1: No, I wasn't thinking. I right.
0: Wasn't thinking. So they started a radio
1: station at the dormitory in Chicago. And yeah. I decided to try out for that. And I talked to my effete roommate who was from Newark. Uh huh. And I said, uh, "I did radio in high school. Should I try out for this?" And he said, "Well, I don't know. Let me hear you read." <laughs> well, so yeah. they had given me the Song of Songs,
0: uh-huh.
1: beautiful Valenti press, of the Song of Songs. He and my other roommate, because they considered me a jock, and they, they thought
0: they'd give me something contrapuntal. It's kind of a, it's kind of a almost a love. It's almost a love uh, poem. Oh yeah, yeah. And
1: it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Uh-huh. So uh, he said, "Let me hear you read." I stood at one end of the room and I read to him. And, of course, they thought I was a jock from Kansas, so they expected to hear a cowboy read. And after I finished, he said, where did you learn to read like that? And I shrugged. So, after that, when he uh, came home one day and he said, they're going to do, we in the cathedral uh, as a um, summer production, mm-hmm. check the book out, read it, read it, because uh, you can do any of the roles in it.
0: And I ended up doing Thomas. Were you a jock? I, I played football, you know. So you were a burly guy. You are like a... You, you were 180, like a, I weighed 180. Yeah. So so did you, you finish college? No, I dropped off because I became an actor. Oh, really? Mm. That was it? How old were you? 19? 19. And where'd you go after that? Where'd you go first? Well, my funds were withdrawn because I'd started an
1: affair with a lady in the chorus at the same time. So between getting sex and, and getting beautiful acting roles... I couldn't pay attention to Leo Strauss, could I? No? And your father said, fuck this? No, no more school. Right. So I came home, and I had a couple of jobs, shitty jobs. And uh, finally, uh, friends were working on the assembly line at uh, the Buick Oldsmobile Pontiac plant in Kansas City. So yeah. I got a job down there as a polisher buffer.
0: With the machine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was an open shop plant. Uh And uh, uh, the conditions were brutal, especially for somebody who'd never really worked before.
0: Had to wear a mask?
1: No, no, I I didn't wear a mask, but you're covered in schmutz. Yeah. So I had a Uriah Heap foreman (laughs) who liked to pick on me. Finally, uh, uh, he traded me off to another foreman, and I got along all right with him. I spent six months there. And in the meantime, uh, friends were coming from Chicago to say go back to Chicago, and they want you to do Brutus and
0: Julius Caesar. Really? Yeah. So, wait, who? Like, someone just came to you from Chicago a and friend, said, "We need friend. you. Yeah. to yeah. be Brutus." Yeah. So I went back trying to give false pledges that the affair with the girl was over with, and all. That. To who? My folks. What were they? What were they met? What she wasn't Jewish. What was the problem?
1: She wasn't Jewish.
0: Yeah. And that was the problem. Yeah. Remember the old days? Kind of. Yeah.
1: So I went back and I did uh, I did Brutus and became more disenchanted with her than I thought I had been. And uh, stayed on in Chicago and did all kinds of jobs there. I sold over the phone. I sold shoes.
0: But you were acting still?
1: Whenever I could at the university.
0: But not you weren't enrolled anymore? No. You were just doing plays? Yeah, you could do that. You could?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my last production for the regular theater, which was Antigone. God, you uh, were doing heavy shit. Susan Sontag was his many.
0: Really? Yeah. She had two lines, I think.
1: But uh, She went a
0: different direction. Didn't she? Yeah. I guess you could say I fucked up.
1: How? Oh. As Crayon in Antigone. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Open on a Friday night, and then we had a Saturday and a matinee and a Sunday and a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. So just before the matinee on Saturday, the uh, director of the university theater comes down into the dressing room and he says, "You wanted to meet with us." Mm-hmm. And he turns to each one of them. He says, "You stunk this way. You stunk that way. You stunk this way. You stunk that way." And then he said, all because of him pointing at me. Mm -hmm. I evidently had shouted my way through the play. I'll admit that's possible. (laughs) But that I forced everybody else to shout in turn and Mm. ruined the play. So I pulled myself back for the Saturday night and the Sunday performance. Uh And I was then exiled from that particular group. Then another rebel group was forming from Exiles and, and those who didn't like that director. A rebel theater group. Yes. Yes. To perform in Idanoise Hall. Mm-hmm. And my first, uh, my first play was um, Man of Destiny, George Bernard Shaw. Mm-hmm. And they were going to do uh, uh, Androcles and the Lion. Uh-huh. And Mike Nichols was going to be Caesar. So they need a little curtain raiser for Androcles. Yeah. So they decided to do a fifteen-minute playlet by William Butler Yeats uh-huh. called Purgatory.
0: Yeah. And I played the old man in that, and Mike Nichols directed it. So that was his first time directing. Yeah, I and think you so. were it. I was it. And did you guys remain friends? We were never really we we were acquaintances. He he was in the Compass Players, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was there at the beginning of that. Were you there? Of course. Was that the theater, Was that the Renegade Theater Group that uh, that formed? Is that what became? Well, out of that, uh-huh.
1: um, Paul Sills was a uh, member of that Renegade Group. Uh huh. And um, while I was in France, stationed in France during the Korean War, a couple of weeks before I I uh, mustered out home, I got a letter from Paul Sills saying. Um, Listen, we're going to start a theater here. We're going to do classics and uh, and uh, go, uh, new plays. Come join us. And my life fell into place.
0: Wait, and what was that called? Playwrights Theater Club in Chicago. How long were you in the service? Two years. Did you get? Uh, did you see action? Not in France. Yeah, they didn't. know that was a, that's I the. I saw first. a different kind of action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you learn how to speak French? Mm.
1: enough (laughs) oh you take me for
0: the food so you go back and you're in you're doing plays with these guys how how long were you there for with them two years okay so you did two years and then then what happens you're like i'm going to where
1: well i got great reviews paul was starting compass then right with david shepherd his partner at playwrights and I I didn't feel a nice Jewish boy would be doing improv,
0: so I decided to take my great rave reviews. As an actor? hmm So, I would say they were going for improv theater. Mm-hmm. That's what the Compass Players were. People's Theater, they wanted. Uh, so, it wasn't comedy, necessarily. It was yeah, just- Yeah, well, it did, too. Well, Mike and Elaine came right. out of there. And Shelly Berman was there, too. Shelly right? Berman. Yeah. Mike and Elaine. Shelly Berman, uh, Barbara Harris. Uh-huh. But not Ed Asner. No.
1: Now, I later when they um, when they came to California as second city uh-huh. uh, to do their first uh, the performance in California uh, because I was such an old acquaintance, I, I worked out with them and had a lot of fun. And then when they had their twenty fifth anniversary,
0: they invited me to participate. Do you like doing improv? Yeah, it's yeah. fun, right? We're doing it now, aren't we? Yeah, I yeah. think I, I I'd like to think I am. Mm-hmm. I'm on it. So, where'd you go after Chicago? Well, I went to New York. I
1: I, I ran off to show my reviews to the uh, producers and agents of New York. How'd
0: that go? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> what? they didn't they didn't give you a they didn't say Broadway is yours. Well, I went I went to see
1: Carmen Capalbo and Stanley Chase. We had done a pirated version of Three Penny Opera, mm-hmm. so I was supposed to understudy the police chief. Yeah. And then Leon announced that he was going to leave for a Broadway touring company. And I said, oh, shit. Right. I said, well, well, we were friendly. Uh, he said, well, that's my role, because Peacham was my role. And, and he said, I'll give my notice of a week earlier and tell them, recommend them that they try you out for Peacham. So he did that. I auditioned for it for the guys, and they brought me in as Peachum, and I did it for about two and a half years.
0: Where and where was that? Uh, where is it on Broadway? Theater deli. Yeah, yeah, the Lortel Theater. Now. So it was. Uh, so it was, it was. That was spectacular, right? Was, was I? I? Yeah, I I think so. Yeah. And you had a And it got you in. Mm-hmm. You established yourself. I was making sixty five dollars a week. That ain't every nothing,
1: goddamn week. Yeah. Yeah? how did your nothing... parents feel about that? Well, they didn't they didn't make any comments. They they knew I was supporting myself though. That's all that counted.
0: Yeah. And when did you uh when did you start doing television?
1: I was doing television. You could do television if you gave them a sufficient notice.
0: So you're doing some television in New York? Working my way up in television. Live television, yeah. probably.
1: Well it was the Sunday morning shows, camera three, lamp into my feet. What what
0: would you do? Like what were the classics? Role? Classics. Really? Oh yeah. So yeah. you were doing uh, Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and Greeks, mm, yeah. on yeah. television, Yeah. live, on Sunday morning. That's incredible. Oh yeah. Does that footage exist? Well, I'll go look. All right. But when did you start to? So what? What were the the rungs of the world well, my my first camera three. Yeah. Was uh, uh, a a compilation. Uh uh-huh. Of
1: of. Um, uh, Elizabethan poetry, <laughs> etc., and I, and and Jackie Brooks and I were playing the old lovers, uh-huh. and a girl named Sharon Follett and George Papard were playing the young lovers.
0: George Papard, Banachek, yeah. Oh. So that was my, my my first show on Sunday morning. And when did you start sort of defining yourself in roles that? You felt were a little more contemporary in that. Because, I mean, you were, you know, you're a monumental figure in television. But, like, you're very specifically you. And I have to assume that in the classics, I mean, you were, I'm sure, amazing at it. But at some point, you you started to chisel away a little more. uh... My first
1: big, big opening was with uh, Burt Leonard and Marion Doherty with Route 66. Okay. They hired me to do a Route 66 in Grand Isle, Louisiana, where Bruce Dern and I played Israeli secret agents. Bruce Dern? Yeah. And we were there because we had gotten word that there was a suspect Nazi working on one of the oil crews. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we came down and we investigated and um, found out, and Lou Ayers was the suspected Nazi. Uh Uh-huh. And we investigated and found out that it wasn't him. It was somebody else in the crew. So I spent three days in Grand Isle and uh, insufferable heat and mosquitoes.
0: And that started me with uh, Marion Doherty and Bert Leonard. You were all just young actors at some point, and, yeah. you know, cutting your teeth. Was Dern intense then? Well, he was wild and crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you, so you move out here when? What's 1960 what? Two, one. One. Mm-hmm. And you've been here ever since? Mm-hmm. But you do a lot of television. Well, I have, yeah. I mean, from the beginning, because most people know you from Mary Tyler Moore, but you were you were doing Episodics. You were doing... Mm-hmm. You, you yeah, did, did that, The Untouchables. Gunsmoke. Alfred Hitchcock. Alfred Hitchcock a couple times. Dr. Gun. Kildare. Dr. Kildare. It's before mm-hmm. I was born. Yeah. Outer um, Limits. Outer Limits. But so, But you're working like a lot. You're yeah. a working actor, you're in the union, things are going good. Mm-hmm. And you you know, were you at that time did you want to break into movies? Was that the plan? Well, it, it, yeah, you,
1: you showed me the door.
0: Yeah. How did that work? I mean, it took a while for you to get into movies? Well, I I I did
1: an early movie which Jeff Bridges I think it was Jeff Bridges was the star. Of, Calvin Lockhart was the star. Uh-huh. Uh, that didn't go anywhere. I played a, a high school math teacher or something. I don't know. And then, um, and then in uh, '65, yeah, uh, Howard Hawks hired me for El Dorado.
0: Yeah, and
1: I went to Tucson and had a marvelous time with um, taking my family there. And I discovered Tucson. I discovered. John Wayne and, and uh, Robert Mitchum. And
0: uh, you guys were hanging out? No, Mitchum and I did some. Not Wayne, no. How was Mitchum as a guy? He was a wild. Another one? Another uh, wild man? Black hearted. Yeah. creature. <laughs> I, he wanted more than anything to be a writer. Really? Yeah. And he was just stuck being a movie star. Yeah, it's a tough, tough break. Too bad. man. Yeah, right. But Howard Hawks was that was that uh, an amazing day to be working with that guy? Yeah, he was lovely. Yeah. yeah. So all through this, but uh, well, I guess what I, I guess what's amazing, and I don't think that people really realize all the time is just that when you work as an actor, when you, when you, I mean you really worked, you were you were like it seems like every you must have been working every month, every week. Well, that's that's the thing that killed me. We arrived in L.A.
1: Yeah, in um, labor on Memorial Day. Yeah of 61, and I then proceeded to get jobs from my agent I was lucky to have, Yeah, Jack Fields. Mm-hmm. And in that the, uh, seven months, I made more money than I'd ever made any year in New York, Yeah, the six years I spent in New York. So I, I felt we were blessed, and then by, by 62, we moved into a house.
0: Wow. This is with your first wife. Yeah. How many kids did you have? Three, yeah. yeah, and you moved into a house, mm-hmm. and you—you were—I you, guess you—you you were a type. You were the Ed Asner type. People wanted you.
1: Yeah, I
0: suppose so. How old were you when Mary Tyler Moore uh, happened? Uh that was uh, seventy, I think. And how did that I come about? Forty-one. Well, how uh, old? Forty-one. I think so. Yeah. And you'd already had a whole life of fucking acting already. Yeah. Like I can't like like it's all these shows that like I remember from when I was a kid, you know Mission Impossible, Iron Side. It's crazy, man. Why is it crazy? The mod squad because like, you know, like if you were if if someone was to show me a real of your of your your small parts, mm-hmm. you know, leading up to, it, it would be fascinating to me because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of times we didn't have the opportunity. I would not have had the opportunity to retroactively look at your career. Like, you know, a lot of time, you know, it's like there mm-hmm. he is, as Mr. Grant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's 20 years before that mm-hmm. to look mm-hmm. at all that work. Yeah. Do you consider a lot of that work uh, stuff you're you're proud of, or are you just working?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't like to denigrate.
1: I, I don't like to think in terms of take the money and run. Right. Uh, I like to make something out of whatever I do. Right. Sure. Uh, and there were good roles in there. The, the Route 66 has always had promise. Yeah. I had a, did a dilly
0: of a one on my way out to California, but it was a good show. And you love doing it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So how'd you get the Mary Tyler Moore part? How was that? How'd that evolve?
1: Well, I, I guess they. Um, they had been doing some checking on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the producers asked uh, Ethel Wynan, who was vice president in charge of talent, mm-hmm. can Ed her do comedy? And she said, he can do anything. And, and she didn't know. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'd done for her was uh, nothing. Yeah. I garnished. And Grant Tinker was at 20th, and
0: he touted me, too, uh-huh. the guys. I came in and I read... So you were a known guy. You were a go-to guy as an actor.
1: Like, yeah, I was, yeah, I
0: was one of them. Yeah. And I, I read Lou for them, and uh, at the end of it,
1: uh, Jim Brooks said, well, that's a very intelligent reading. And I, as dumb as I am, I said, yeah, yeah, it, it's very uh, intelligent, but not funny. Yeah. And, uh, so he said, well, when we have you back to read with Mary, we want you to read it, Wiggy Wild, Fall Out, you know, crazy. I know what the hell he's talking about.
0: You didn't. No.
1: So I said, okay, okay. I started to walk out, and I turned back to them. And I said, uh, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Uh, why don't you let me try it that way now? And if I don't do it, don't have me back. <laughs> they never heard anything like that before. Right. And I had never said anything like that before. But they said, well, you we have another appointment. But all right, go ahead. So I read it like I'm a mishugger. Yeah. And they laughed. Yeah. They laughed. <laughs> And at the end of it, they said, read it just like that with Mary. (laughs) I came back a week or so later to read with Mary, and I kept saying, what did I do? What did I do? How did I do it? What did we do?
0: Uh
1: I started reading, and I read it like sugar, And at the end, uh, they laughed laughed again. Uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, said, thank you. We'll be talking to you. And when I left the room, Mary then turned to the boys and said, are you sure?
0: <laughs> and Jim Brooks said,
1: that's your Lou Grant.
0: Uh-huh. Are you sure? Yeah. Jim Brooks, how old was he, 12? Probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And when you say Meshuggah, I mean, like, in my recollection of, of that work that you did, I mean, yeah, he was uh, a big character, but yeah. not crazy.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's that bit about, you know what? <laughs> you got Spunk. and she she diddles the shit on the floor yeah I, yeah i hate spunk yeah right 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 <laughs> so that that was the
0: wild and crazy part so funny is yeah. it like that was a funny moment just now yeah now did you uh i like spunk though you do yeah we're your spunky guy no, I'm not. not at all. No, no I, I
1: I took years to build it up.
0: Oh, really? It was a learned thing. <laughs> the spunk. That is. But did you grow to? Lo- I have to assume that that set, because you know, it was like one of those things my mother would watch, and I would sit there, uh, you know, at the foot of the bed watching that. You know, it, w- it was such a an amazing ensemble, and was you know so important to so many people. Did you grow to love that show? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was uh, the Yellow Brick Road. Yeah. Yeah, it was lovely. It's so much comedy. Yeah, where did all that generate from? Did you? How did that? You just began to work together, like uh, comedically. Did it did take a little time. Well, the two producers had great taste. They had a good casting director. Jay Sandrich was our director primarily, uh-huh. and he uh, he had uh, excellent comic knowledge. It's and just it's fascinating though. Does it fascinate you in retrospect?
1: Yeah, but then then we went on and did an hour show of Lou Grant, and I think the cast we had
0: there was as good, if not, sure, uh, better. That was a great show. Yeah, both of them lasted a good many years. Well, twelve years total for uh, for both of them. Mm-hmm. People love that Lou Grant character. Mm-hmm. Do they mm-hmm. still come up to you now? Oh yeah, and say yeah. Lou Grant. He's he's the avuncular person that people always want I you know I I like I I think you're uh, hilarious oh yeah but you well, know that right when did you think that immediately uh-huh. when you said when where you cast the, me as your father and that for of the pilot yeah and then when you got out of the car here in the driveway and said oh where the fuck am I I think uh-huh. yeah it was well that
1: look at the neighborhood for Christ where please. do you live oh yeah. you would really think you had died and gone to heaven
0: really yeah got
1: a beautiful place yeah, we rent.
0: Oh, you do? hmm In an apartment or a no, house? a house, yeah. So you don't own the house anymore? Got rid of that one? Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Yeah? It's so easier I, to rent? I, I let my
1: wife have it.
0: The first wife? second The second one? Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and you've been married three so, times? No, twice. Okay.
1: She's the one who's showing
0: me. Yeah. Like yeah, they they don't, they you know, after it's done, someone's not nice usually yeah it never never ends i'm sorry you're going through that that,
1: no 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 it's all part of the life
0: spectrum but like let's back in the career thing after mary tyler moore again you did another you know 40 years of work 50 years it's you you've worked more than anyone i've ever seen oh well it's amazing yeah i remember seeing you in jfk and thinking like holy shit Ed Asner, scary. Mm-hmm. That was a heavy fart. That was a heavy part. What did you say? It's a heavy fart, Ed. <laughs> that got you? That was a heavy <laughs> fart. What a fart that it was. It was a heavy
1: fart already. Yeah, guess. it was. Well, and uh, Jack Lemon had the scratches on his face to prove it. Oh, that's right. T- was that the first time you worked with him? No, we had worked on Broadway together. When was that? That uh, was in 60. Really? Yeah, Face of a Hero. Albert Decker, Betsy Blair, Sandy Dennis, Russell Collins, Sandy Roy Dennis. Poole. Did a lot of theater, Ed. Ellen Holly.
0: I did before, yeah, but yeah before. Not not since I came to Hollywood. Now, when, you, when okay, so the, the, in 1960, you worked with Jack Lemmon, then you worked with him in JFK. Had you seen him since? I don't recall. Like, I always assume that people have these moments where they're like, oh my God, how are you? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, we had a we had a um, a great director for Face of a Hero, Sandy McKendrick. The night of the cocktail party before rehearsals began, he he said, a "Lovely reading," and uh, he said, "Of course, you can't be that funny." <laughs> and I, oh well, he's the great director; he'll take care of me. Yeah. Well, he so militated against anything I might do that was funny. He eventually had me. Doing my role with my back to the audience. Why? Because he didn't want me to be funny. Why? And the character could only have been written for two reasons: to be funny, and to commit perjury. Uh huh. As part of the plot. Yeah. So I I suffered through that goddamn show. Years later, I don't know where I, I ran into. Maybe it was with uh, JFK.
0: Yeah, Jack.
1: And uh, and I you know made some comments complaining. Uh, about McKendrick's direction, mm. <laughs> and he said, "Oh no, 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 no! I I knew we were in trouble when I was on stage, <laughs> and and I looked over in the wings, and there he was, and he was visualizing the camera shot he was going to shoot from the wings uh-huh. as director, and he was visualizing the camera, though so he forgot about."
0: He was directing a play, so that brought Jack and me close together. Did you like working with Oliver Stone? Yeah, he was good. The, Oliver was funny. Yeah, uh,
1: we'd go along, and I, and we'd rehearse, and and I'd think about something, think about something, lining up a shot. Yeah, and I said, I'd say, you know, what if I changed this word or changed this line to that? Mm-hmm. And if he didn't have. Time to think about it. He said, "Yeah, sure, fine, go ahead." Yeah. But if he if there was too much time, yeah, before we were ready to shoot, he'd come back finally. And he say "No, I don't. I don't think. You yeah, know, keep keep it the way."
0: Yeah. But, so he had to sneak it in. Uh,
1: but if I got him, if I got him without a lot of time, he'd always buy the changes.
0: You're doing a lot of voice work now, and that was the the up movie was a big deal. Yeah. Do you enjoy doing that? i love it yeah right it's easy i love voiceover. right over. that has nothing to do with easy
1: but i i uh,
0: but I it's exciting like to I see i can
1: do a as good a job with just the voice right without having to walk
0: <laughs> right i don't have to shave that's right i just i just did a, an angry raccoon today earlier today
1: you did, yeah.
0: I was an uh, angry oh. raccoon. That, Where can we see this raccoon? This would be on Nickelodeon. Oh. this would be on uh, the Harvey Beaks cartoons, a new oh, Nickelodeon show. I don't know. That yeah, show. no, it, it, you know who knows what uh. what's going on on television anymore.
1: Well, it's nice that you're gainfully employed.
0: I do okay. Yeah, this thing does okay out of the garage. Yeah, that show that you and I did, it, it became a show. It's a third season started. Is it? yeah, it's going. Yeah.
1: So who ended up being your father, Judd Hirsch? Oh my God! What do you? What, you were doing a play? I know. I know. I didn't run down. Judd Hirsch is a fine actor. He is. so he's good. He can be a pain in the ass, but <laughs> I yeah,
0: doing fine. How <laughs> many? How many episodes you make per season? We did. Uh, we did ten that first season, then thirteen the second season, then thirteen this season. Good. It was yeah. It, you know, it's a, it's it's an interesting time now. That when you were on television in the seventies, you know you only had three options, and now you got you know, you got hundreds of options. It's yeah. interesting the, the landscape, and it's more chaotic than ever. Yeah, it, it, it's just you know how our something... lives are not made better or simpler. I don't think absolutely not. I don't think so at all. Yeah. And we just adapt to it without even thinking about That's it. Does it too... exhaust you?
1: Yeah, it yeah. does. I haven't figured out all the aspects of my
0: cell phone. No, there's no figuring it all out. Oh, some people do. That's all they do because they live and sleep and die with it. Yeah, but you just learn to do the three things or four that's things or five right, things. That's you need to... right, that's right. So now, you never stop working. Is that, do, 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 do you not? Is that why I'm so rich? Yeah, you're just filthy rich.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> now, how much how much do you need?
0: I'm okay. I just want you to be happy. Oh, yeah. I'll well, make me rich. When, now, what about the uh, when you were head of the union? Well, how did that come about? What made you decide to do that?
1: Well, I had campaigned vigorously for the rebels
0: of the union. This is AFTRA, right? No, SAG. You were the head of SAG? Yeah,
1: because I, I was the, the, uh, the head of Lou Grant, mm-hmm. and I spoke well on the streets. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decided to run me as their candidate against Bill Shallert, who was a good president, but they wanted to do better.
0: Right. And I defeated him. Was that exciting?
1: Yeah, I guess because I was going into waters, I certainly didn't have charted.
0: Oh yeah? Yeah. Well how was that experience? What did you what were you hoping to accomplish? Learning on the job. Yeah. Learning how
1: your friends can be as Punishing, if not more so than your enemies.
0: So, what was the day to day thing? What were you fighting for? What's the job of a union head or uh, at Well, this time? As, as always, you know, you fight
1: for minority rights, you fight for senior citizens, greater inclusion. So, you, did you feel like you accomplished something in that position? Well, uh, the membership certainly seemed to like me and, mm-hmm. and care, speak favorably of my presidency. Uh but what the
0: union has become is uh, drek. Yeah. Have they all become drek? A well, lot of them probably. probably. What do you, why why do you think that's happened? Cuz I know you 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 know you're a, you know you're a fighter. Mm-hmm. You fight the good fight. What do you think happened? Well,
1: happening? merger was a mistake. Yeah. Because they didn't uh, they I mean, we we had studied merger after 1980 we studied merger. Uh-huh. And merger would be fine if you can achieve uh, uh the 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 merger of of uh health and welfare. Right. But if you can't merge those plans and, and uh and uh I forget what the term is, gain acceptance uh-huh. of say you're working and after and get credit for it with your SAG medical plan. If you can't do those things, you're losing out all the time. And it's the same way with pension. Why shouldn't the pensions be merged? Right. Find the way to do it. Right. To coalesce. Right. And they didn't do it. Yeah. And what they've got now is a mishmash.
0: Right. Yeah, you just kind of get covered in whatever you make the money. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you ever have any aspirations to politics?
1: People thought I did when I was... uh, when well, I got outspoken on Central America. Uh-huh. They thought I was trying to follow in Reagan's footsteps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I
1: never read it. I always found that the, uh, the actor who stayed the actor and spoke out probably achieved more clout...
0: Than a politician. Than
1: a politician. And, and, and certainly it's much more rewarding financially to leave acting and become a politician because those babies certainly receive great benefits.
0: <laughs> yeah, they do. A, the, and security detail, depending on how high up you get. Well,
1: they, they should have security details. I'd like, like to knock a few of them in the head.
0: Yeah. So what, uh, in looking back on the whole uh, the whole endeavor, the life, what, uh, I just like, I, I, I look at the resume and you work so much are there things that you look back on and think like Jesus Christ, that was fucking amazing? Mm. Like, do you do, like sit and reflect at all? No, you don't. No, I didn't think so. It's done, well, I'm, right?
1: I'm waiting for the next job.
0: Yeah? yeah, well, it looks like you got a lot going on. What are you doing?
1: Well, a man and his prostate certainly has a lot of promise to it. And you, but yeah, that's gonna get you on the road, right? Not necessarily. I mean, I, who knows? Maybe we can film it. Maybe we can get it in a stage in New York. And,
0: uh, and just hang hang out for a I while mean, uh, look, and do it.
1: Look, look look at the mileage love letters
0: got. Yeah, for God's sake. And you still you, you like working? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't you? Yes. But yeah. sometimes I wonder, would it be nice to sit down?
1: Well, I I think I've I've become too keyed up and geared up to sit down. I've really got to go through a long uh, dry run of. Practicing sitting down.
0: Yeah, he just there was never party. You're, you no, just no. keep moving. Yeah. How old are your children now, all of them?
1: Well, I've got boy, girls, twins who are fifty one.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. And their
1: younger sister is about forty
0: eight. Yeah.
1: And then I got my twenty seven year old in uh, Connecticut.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You get along good with all of them? I try to. Yeah. Yeah. You, uh, and you got grandkids? Seven. How's that? It's great. It's all right. Come
1: <laughs> on. <laughs> Come on. I don't, you know, I, I don't, I uh, don't, you know, drop my pants at the joy of grandkids. Yeah. It's just, it's just another sperm order fulfilled.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You don't fill with love
1: in your heart. No. But, yeah. No. I try to be give them a fair
0: shake. Let's put it that way. Okay. How old are they? They like my age. They're from fifteen to about four. Four, fifteen to four. Mm. Are the grandkids? Mm. Do they have a sense of uh, who you are? I guess so. I don't know. Oh, right. Yeah. You have any joy in your life, Ed? Well, yeah, you but know, she's not around right now. <laughs> you gonna be seeing her later? Yeah. When she comes back from the ashram. Uh, Really? Is that where she is? Do you keep in touch with any actors that you worked with? I mean, are any of your friends actors? Yeah, Peter Jason is a good friend. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um, And now all of a sudden I'm just concerned about your life. Do you play cards? Do you sit and do... I
1: do play cards at Norby Walters uh,
0: once a month or two. When you play poker? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. What do you do for uh, exercise?
1: I uh spent a half hour on the um,
0: elliptical. Okay. And do some push ups Do you? Yeah. All right. And what uh, You don't want to fuck with me. No, I I never no. wanted to fuck. I knew that yeah. when we acted together in that yeah. brief uh yeah. in that brief uh, capacity. Right. I knew I didn't want to fuck with you. <clears throat> yeah. So um do you do the JF uh, the uh the FDR thing anymore? Is that done?
1: I'm going to do it in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri. For how long? In October. One night. Oh, okay. Uh, Rush Limbaugh's hometown. I'm going to find out what the roots are to Rush
0: Limbaugh. To the monster? What do you think it is?
1: He said... A- well, I, I heard a story a long time ago that initially he was on radio right. spouting a liberal format. Probably. And that they came to him and they said, this ain't going to sell. Yeah. Say, okay, I'll switch.
0: Yeah. He's a showboat. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. There's all, you know, there are evil clowns <clears throat> and there are good clowns. Yeah. 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 Right? But you yeah. probably remember like, you know, like what was radio like when you were younger? When I you were, loved it. I loved it. When you were trying to N- get into NBC it. NBC. Univ- I didn't try to get into radio. I never did. Well, you did some in high school and you did a little bit. I know, but I wasn't trying
1: to get into it. Oh, Okay. NBC University, Theater of the Air. Yeah. Escape was another great show. Yeah. That's where I first heard Leiningen versus the Ants. Yeah. Oh, God, was that great. William Conrad was the uh, narrator. Yeah. And they had little bugles blowing every time the ants marched.
0: You loved it, oh, the theater it. of the mind. Yes, yes. So that was when you were a kid. You were listening to that. Mm-hmm. Like what other things do you remember around that the radio? Well, Screen great. Actors
1: Guild uh, presents uh-huh. uh,
0: Lux Radio. Yeah. Uh, I thought there were a lot of actors in radio, weren't there? Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. That's true. I used
1: to listen to the Eternal Light.
0: Uh huh. I don't know mm-hmm. if you
1: they, they they were playing when you were. And so when I first started out, I got a, um, I was still in New York. Yeah. And um, I went to see the guy who cast Eternal Lights. And
0: yeah.
1: he said, yeah, yeah, I forget what his name was. So uh, they they cast me on a couple. And one of them, and this was memorable for me, I played one of Moses' generals. Uh-huh. And the other generals were Louis Van Rooten, Alexander Scorby, Norman Rose, uh, I can't remember yeah. the others, but five biggest names in radio
0: yeah. in America. Yeah.
1: And I was the sixth. Yeah. And I thought I had died and gone to heaven. To me, it was more important than any play or or uh, yeah. film. And whoever was in it, yeah. didn't matter. Yeah. Being with these guys, to me, was the mark of success.
0: Yeah. Was it a great
1: feeling? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. I mean, Scorby and Norman Rose. Yeah. Did you ever see the Russian War and Peace? Mm-mm. Norman Rose was the narrator of it. It's the most beautiful narration you ever heard, and Scorby, It goes without saying was always great.
0: Was yeah. that the only time you really felt that, where you're like, "These are my heroes"?
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't feel it with John Wayne naturally. And, uh, Hawks, though. So. Um, Hawks, I you know I respect, but he, I mean, he's distant. He's the director. Yeah, sure. So
0: John Wayne, he didn't love.
1: Well. I, he was hard not to love because he's such a scoundrel. Yeah. But uh I was uh, too deeply geared in leftist uh identification to uh, but he he ended up treating me okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But you missed the yeah I mean you you missed a blacklist in Hollywood.
1: No, I I I I became part of it my own, let's say. Yeah. After I took my stand on El Salvador.
0: Uh, you felt uh, ostracized?
1: Uh, blacklisted.
0: Really? Yeah. then that was in the, what, the 70s or 80s? 80. Uh, it was 1980. Yes. And what was your position exactly?
1: Well, that this government had to stop providing arms to the repressive government of El Salvador who were killing uh, farmers yeah. and people that uh, they regarded as poor scum who undoubtedly had to be communists,
0: and that in uh, that you felt that 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 got you blacklisted
1: well i I was a spokesman for medical aid for El Salvador, mm-hmm. and people thought I was giving union money to them, which I wasn't mm-hmm. and they thought that I was uh, aligning myself with what uh, probably was a communist uh, inspired um, uh, Opposition, I can remember the first uh, big announcement we gave was in Washington mm-hmm. at, uh, press conference and um I had always played it careful, you know yeah. not, not to not to step on my wang mm-hmm. and uh um before I, I could um the um the uh, so so that um uh because I was the spokesman and and the others who were with me. Who were also actors. Uh, uh, the first questions automatically went to me. Right. So the second question I got was from a cable reporter. He said, "You say you're in favor of free elections in El Salvador. I suppose those elections turn out a communist government." And I, went, bam. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, "You come all this way, and and you successfully avoided." being pegged and here you gotta deliver and i gave some wimpish answer to him moved on to the next guy gave an answer that i could get away with with him and was so plagued with guilt that i'd come all this way come all this time and i was going to not be upfront with who i am and what i was doing and i said i wasn't satisfied with my answer to you All I can say to you is that if it's the government the people of El Salvador choose, let them have it. And nothing was ever reminded to me of that answer. But I felt from that point on my career was dead. For how long? Oh,
0: several years. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting, did you feel like you lost friends over that?
1: I don't know but if they
0: if, if if they were
1: friends and they left me because of that statement then they can go to hell
0: so but but mostly in, in in terms of like if you felt like you were blacklisted it was fear of the studios aligning themselves with a communist sympathizer or a politically lefty actor I, well,
1: I found two
0: instances yeah
1: I eventually gave a, gave up uh, during this blacklist I, I gave a an interview in Washington, D.C., where I happen to be for
0: some reason. Right.
1: And in it, I said that that in a blacklist, uh, your liberals join in on that just as much as your conservatives. Oh, yeah? Because the director, the producer, well, well, they won't allow their conscience to say, no, he's a commie. What they'll say is, no, he's too fat. or. <laughs> He 's too gray or right. he 's overexposed <laughs> right. yeah they think up some euphemism uh-huh. to not hire me right, uh, but they would never say he's call me right so i I said that on that and and and, and it 's what happens, and I gave two instances, and one was a uh, producer who one would think was was a, was a liberal Howard Rodman wrote a script for him for uh-huh. a new series after. Yeah after Lou Grant was canceled. And he suggested me for the senior doctor. And the producer said, no, I think he'd be a political liability.
0: Well, that's straight. That's straight, yes. But it's... It's blacklisted. It's blacklisted. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: And then uh, a little while longer, and uh, I got a job offer in uh, Connecticut, I think, or, or Boston, I don't know for some um, uh, network uh, documentary. And the first day, the producer invited me to launch. He said, you know why you're here? I said, no. You, you gave an interview about six months ago, a year ago, on, about blacklisting, and I said, yeah. And he said, that's why you're here. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I had, I had another documentary that I put you down for and submitted your name along with others to the uh, to the uh, company. And the list came back and there was a red line through your name. They mm. said, and I knew why, but I didn't do anything. And that's why you're here now.
0: To make it right. Yeah. Well, you survived that storm. You weathered it. You stood well, there, your ground. There's
1: there, there still people out there who probably wouldn't want to hire me because they think I'm a coming. But you're not a commie. I don't no, I'm not, but I mean who gives
0: a shit? (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you're alive, man. Me too. And it was great talking to you. Good being with you.